0: This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, at the top in this hour, though, an interesting conversation uh, around, well, I, I, part of the conversation, I suppose, is addiction treatment, but that's not the specific focus here. I mean, you might recall there was a controversial article last year in The Atlantic on the irrationality of Alcoholics Anonymous, a number of addiction experts who are questioning that faith-based 12-step program. Now you got a lot of people who swear by it, say, you know, it worked for them. It's kept them sober. Uh, but a lot of other researchers saying that it's really not as effective as maybe people have been led to believe. And there are other interventions, other approaches uh, that can really be effective. But I think it speaks to the, the fact that maybe we shouldn't be pushing just one approach or a one-size-fits-all approach. Um, but clearly, addictions treatment should be part of our healthcare system. So we've got a human rights complaint that's arisen in B.C. It involves someone who worked with the Vancouver Coastal Health uh, Authority, uh, so part of the healthcare system. Now, he was battling uh, an alcohol addiction problem, and as such, as part of his uh, employment agreement, there was the opportunity to, to get treatment uh, for his addiction, and he was certainly willing to do that. But the only option available to him was alcoholics anonymous that was it and he had to do that now of course part of alcoholics anonymous is the religious component or the spiritual component anyway uh, acknowledging that there is a god that there is a higher power now again maybe for some people they already believe that maybe some people are willing to embrace that as part of their treatment but why should that be forced on everybody he didn't want to go against his own beliefs and as such, had sought alternatives to AA that was not available to him or made available to him. As a result, he lost his job and has filed a complaint with the B.C. Human Rights Tribunal. Uh, they're going to hear this case, and I think it's an important one. Uh, the group B.C. Humanists is uh, following this as well. Joining us on the line is Ian Bushfield, who is their executive director. Ian, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, Rob.
0: All right, well, what concerns you uh, about this case and and why your group has taken an active interest in it?
1: It's that coercive aspect you just spoke about. I mean, we have no problem with people getting together in small groups to find whatever they need to uh, help work on their addictions and to work through those issues. But when your union or your employer or the courts say you have to follow this treatment program, and when that treatment program is both, faith-based and potentially against the religion of, say, the person uh, suffering from the addiction and hasn't been shown to work, like it repeatedly in scientific studies doesn't work for many people, there's a big problem there. We don't think that's appropriate role for the government to be stepping in. mm mm-hmm.
0: Now again and and already I mean we we've got a text from someone here who says you know this approach worked for me I've been sober for well 26 years in this case uh which is quite an achievement uh and I'm sure it has worked for some people but for some people you know it, it to to force somebody to go against one's own beliefs uh that's just as you say that that's not right
1: Yeah I mean it's about just making sure that people get the best treatment and for most people that's not Aa. It's great that it does work for some people, but you can't. We can't have the state requiring people to accept a higher power. That's not what this sort of multicultural country is about.
0: All right. So in the case of of Byron Wood is his name, and um, you know he's he's a little leery about doing media interviews. I know we'd we'd reached out to him to to talk to him, but uh, he was certainly willing to seek treatment, and he had as part of his employment agreement. Uh, written in that, that treatment would be made available to him. Is that your understanding?
1: Yeah, and here in Vancouver, where I am and where he is, there are non-AA based treatments. There are these sort of secular programs. There's evidence based programs ones that focus more on harm reduction rather than necessarily pure abstinence or, accept, you know, giving up yourself to a higher power. And as far as I know, Byron is totally willing to enter into any of those programs and I think that's that should be sufficient. Why should he have to follow the specific programs that one doctor has decided is the only correct way?
0: Right. Now there there are some who say that simply acknowledging a higher power is not necessarily religious. Uh it's you know, it's not specific about Uh, Christianity or Jesus or the Bible or anything like that, but what do you you make of those arguments? The notion that someone must accept a higher power, is, is that religious?
1: Well, it's rooted in a religious tradition. I mean, the founding of AA came from a very Christian puritanical view of alcohol as a failing. It wasn't about trying to cure people or trying to help them get better. It was about trying to remove this sin, and we've learned a lot since then. It's not we have a much better understanding of addiction, but AA and the 12-step program is a sort of dogmatic stuck in that very 1930s view of addiction that I think someone who wants to go and seek a more evidence-based treatment shouldn't just be you know, rejected from that. They should be encouraged to do that. That should be our first step.
0: Yeah. And and I, I mean, I know the you know the, the United States has its own laws and its own constitution, but uh, certainly, and, and I know you, you've noted this, that courts in the United States have uh, several times ruled that, in fact, the 12-step program, the belief in a higher power, is religious in nature.
1: Yeah, it's actually surprising when we heard Byron's case, we had known about all these rulings in the U.S., but there hasn't been a similar ruling here in Canada. No one's ever really challenged it. It's either most organizations that are maybe more progressive and willing to accept different treatment options but we've started hearing from more and more people as we've spoken out about this that byron's case isn't unique there are other people facing similar issues whether it's from courts or from their employers and we think it's something we need to speak out about
0: Right, because it's interesting. We think about freedom of religion. You know, it's it's typically in the context of the government should not interfere with people practicing their religious beliefs. I mean, this is different in the sense where really it's essentially in the state imposing belief.
1: Yeah, it's very it's similar, but even more severe than the municipal prayer case that was in Quebec that was ruled about at the Supreme Court of Canada last year, where the Supreme Court said the state has no duty no place, pushing religion on people. And that was just around whether or not counselors could pray before a meeting. Here we have people being forced to pray, essentially, and it should be clearly unconstitutional on its face. And he's lost his job because he wouldn't, right? Exactly. It's a very tragic situation.
0: All right. So where are things at, as as you understand it? From what I understand, the BC Human Rights Tribunal has agreed to hear this case uh, that hasn't happened yet. Where, Where are things at? Do you know?
1: As far as I understand, that's correct. I mean, there's going to be a settlement hearing, which is part of the process in later this fall, and that's a sort of standard procedure where both sides meet and try to come to a sort of, you know, out of out of court agreement. Uh, if that doesn't happen, it goes to a proper hearing, and the court or the tribunal will rule on that. What's actually interesting is there's another case out in Ontario, the Knight case, where this is an individual who tried to start a non-religious AA sort of he took the god bits out Mm -hmm. and the local AA intergroup actually delisted him and so he's now filed a human rights complaint about that and is hoping to be uh, to get the statement that AA is either religious or a social service and if it's religious it can't get the same privileges that it currently gets.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's unfortunate that these individuals have to go through this. Maybe the silver lining here is that, you know, the courts will rule on this and will have some some clarity. I guess uh, some good can come from this.
1: That's what we're kind of hoping with Byron's case. I mean, alongside of this, we the B.C. Humanist Association appeared with Byron Wood before the B.C. Legislature's Health Committee to try to raise these issues and to try to get MLAs here aware that much of our sort of treatment system for addictions is based around this 12-step model, particularly in these private treatment facilities. A CBC documentary or a CBC investigation found the overwhelming majority are based on this, and you don't have many other options.
0: Well, I think it's an important case for those reasons. Uh, people can read more on uh, the website for the BC Humanist Association. It's bchumanist.ca. Uh, Ian, uh, I am suppose we'll have a chance to talk about this again down the road, but thanks for making some time for us here today.
1: Yeah, thanks for reaching out.
0: Much appreciated. Ian Bushfield, Executive Director with the BC Humanist Association. So they've taken an active interest in this case. Other groups have as well. So it would be good to have some some clarity on this. As Ian pointed out, many times in the United States, the courts have ruled pretty clearly that this program is religious in nature and that it's unconstitutional to mandate attendance in it. So that's the argument here. This guy says, look... I'm perfectly fine with seeking treatment. My employment agreement with the Vancouver Coastal Health Authority mandates that I get treatment and that that will be made available to me. But not this one. Why should he be forced to go against his beliefs? And doesn't it undermine or undercut the the program itself? I'm sure there are people who just kind of go along with it. They may not believe it, but they say it because they're supposed to say it. All right, 403-974-8255. You can call us, you can text us. This text, I don't know if this is uh, tongue-in-cheek or not. Just another attack on Christianity. I don't know how on earth this constitutes an attack on Christianity. All this guy is saying is that he doesn't believe in God and doesn't want the state forcing him to believe in God. So that constitutes an attack on Christianity. Well, I think the word has lost all meaning. 403-974-8255. We're back after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.